0: Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Reppend, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. There are times when the pressures and stresses of life pull at us and we feel like we could break. Some people may even feel that life has beaten them so badly that they would say that they were damaged. Today, John brings us a message of hope from God's Word for those who have been bruised in life with a sermon, When Our Strings Get Stretched.
1: Now what I want to do in this message today is to give you four things that you can do If you're damaged out there in life and you say, John, I just don't feel quite whole, let me give you four things that you can do. Number one, this is so obvious, but we have to begin here. Identify the area where you're not whole. In other words, it's that thing in your life, that, that part about you that you say, I wish this part about me was just different. You know, if you're, if you're a person who loses your temper a lot, okay, that's an emotional issue. And so you say, I just wish I didn't always, that I wasn't a hothead or that I didn't lose my temper. Or if you struggle with insecurity, you say, man, I just, I don't feel like I quite measure up. I, I don't feel like I'm as pretty as the other ladies, or I don't feel like I'm as, as on top of things as the other men. Or I just, I just, for whatever reason, I don't feel very good about myself as a person. I'm always, I feel very insecure. Or maybe it's anxiety or fear. Or bitterness you're just bound with you just have a bad attitude toward people you're always saying something bad about somebody else maybe you're struggling with depression or maybe you're just one of those people who say you know what I'm just a needy person I need I always need somebody around I, I don't like to be alone I'm, I'm, I'm I just have to have people with me. Well, that's if you're like that, that's not being emotionally whole. So maybe your area is in the emotional realm. Or maybe for you, your area of damage is in the mental mental realm. It's in the battles in the mind. Maybe you're being defeated by untrue thought patterns? Or maybe you just have defeating thoughts or negative thoughts. You're one of those people. And maybe sometime we all do this where you just are waiting on the next bad thing to happen. And you think, well, I'm going to get this dread disease or I'm sure I'll die young or something's going to happen to my kids or my family. Or we're going to lose our job. or I'm just, so, so you've got the, all these negative thoughts and you're just, it's almost like you're a captive to your own thoughts. And instead of you controlling your thoughts, your thoughts control you and you're scared of your own thoughts, and so it can be a horrible thing. And maybe that's your area. Or maybe for you, your area of damage is in the spiritual realm. Maybe there you're, you're defeated by guilt, some sin in the past, or maybe lots of sins in the past. You think, man, I wish I didn't have, wouldn't have done all that. And you've asked God to forgive you, and He has, and yet you just feel guilty, and you feel unworthy, and you feel like the, you know, just like the, the worm of the earth, and you just feel so bad about it. Or maybe for you, it's doubt. You just doubt and question everything or worry. And and again, I mentioned anxiety. That could be both emotional and spiritual. So identify that part of you that you wish you could mash a button and make it different. Identify what that is. That's step number one. What is step two? Step number two is you bring that part of your life to the feet of Jesus in prayer. Every one of these people in Matthew 9, that's what they did. They, they went to Jesus with their problem. The paralytic was carried to Jesus. Because, why? Because they viewed Jesus as the, the fixer of that problem, the healer of that disease, the restorer of that damage in your life. So you just bring that, you bring that part of your life to Jesus in prayer and just be honest with him and say, Lord, here's what I'm going through, and God, I'm asking you to change it. Number three, trust Jesus to begin the process of making you whole in that area. So if for you, your deal is fear or anxiety, you bring it to Jesus. Say, God, I don't want to be an anxious, nervous, uptight, stressed out person. I don't want to be like that. God, I don't want to be a fearful person. I don't want to be a bitter person. And so God, I'm giving that to you and I'm trusting you that you're going to lift this off of me and that I'm not going to spend the rest of my life like this. Let me give you a scripture verse to write down. One of my favorite, I came upon it again last week, preparing this message, but in Psalm 147, just write this reference down. Psalm 147 in verse 3, the Bible says that God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Think about that. Maybe for you today, the area of not wholeness is grief. Well, this ver- that's, un- that's part of life. But it says that God heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. And so you just begin to believe and, and get your faith up and get your hope up and to believe that Jesus Christ, either immediately or eventually over the process of time, he is going to change this part of my life. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life being a hothead. Not going to spend the rest of my life being nervous. Not going to spend the rest of my life being insecure and feeling like I don't measure up. No, God's about to change that part of my life. That's why when these people came to Jesus, Jesus always said, do you believe that I'm able to do that? Yes, Lord, we believe. Did you say, according to your faith, let it be unto you? If you believe, then you've got it. But if you don't believe, you're going to have to keep living with all that stuff, and it's going to be a horrible way to live. So we have to believe. We have to be believers. And then, number four, begin to live your life as though the healing has already taken place. Now, that's ultimate faith right there. You've put it in Jesus' hands. God, I don't want to be nervous or anxious or bitter or depressed or worried or stressed out or a hothead. I don't want that in my life. So God, I bring it to you. I ask you to change this part of me, deliver me from this. And not only that, God, I'm trusting you to do that. And so since I'm trusting you to do it, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go from this place of prayer believing with all of my heart that, you, that this part of my life, is, I'm going to live as though the healing has already begun. I'm going to take it by faith. And again, I love that story in Luke chapter 17 where those 10 lepers came to Jesus and they asked him to cure them of their leprosy. Now, you talk about damage, if you had leprosy, no synagogue, no temple, no family. You couldn't be close to them. You were defiled, unclean, no friends that you could get close to. So they were damaged in all these ways. They said, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus said to those 10 lepers, go show yourselves to the priest. Now it's interesting. When Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, they still had leprosy. But Had I I been one of those, I would have probably said, Lord, I'll do anything you tell me to do, but before I go show myself to the priest, you've got to make the leprosy go away. The reason we go to the priest is to confirm our healing, but we haven't been healed yet. But Jesus said to those men, go show yourself to the priest. They turned around. They headed to Jerusalem. They headed to the temple to find the priest. And the Bible says, Luke 17, 14, as they went, they were healed. And so what you have to do sometimes is take your deliverance by faith. You have to just live, you have to wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, Lord, I'm a worrier, I'm always thinking negative thoughts, here's what I'm going to do, I'm going to live this whole day, I'm not going to worry about anything, I'm not going to be fretful or anxious about anything in my life, and so you begin to live as though your healing has already taken place. Now, you still listen, say amen. Now, what I want to do in the remainder of our time is two things. So first, go to Luke chapter, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 41 in the Old Testament, And we're going to come back to this in just a moment, and we're going to close our sermon time in just a few minutes in Genesis 41 with a very brief statement I want to make about a man named Joseph in the Old Testament. Most of us are familiar with his story and how mistreated he had been by his brothers and how when he got down to Egypt, he was accused of rape, which he did not do. And as a result of that accusation, he was put in prison, and there he's languishing in prison. And somebody said, who got out of prison, they said, hey, when I get out, I'm going to remember you to the Pharaoh, and I'll help you get out of here. They forgot about Joseph, so now he's forgotten. He's unemployed. Everybody that hears this story in Egypt thinks he's a rapist, even though he wasn't. So he did not have a stellar reputation, even though he had a stellar character. He didn't have a stellar reputation. And so this was a man who was damaged in every way, and I want us to see how his story ended. And I think it'd be a good way to end this story. But before I get to Joseph and give that Bible example, I want to tell you a more contemporary example from the day in which we live. A story that I've been following for the last couple of years, it's a story about someone whom I respect deeply. I don't know them personally, but I've been blessed by his ministry. And many of you when I call his name will know it, and others of you will say, well, who is that? But it's a man named Louis Giglio. Louis Giglio is one of the most gifted, talented preachers-communicators dash in the world today. When I was a student at Baylor University, he started a Monday night Bible study there on the campus of Baylor, 7th and James Baptist Church is where it met, and he called it Choice. And the whole idea was, hey, we want to have a college worship service so that people can come and worship God together on this college campus. It wasn't a church, but it was a worship service. And so it was a great thing. And that was really the beginning of what is happening now all across the nation on all these college campuses, not only Christian schools, but state universities. For example, at Texas A&M, they have a thing called Breakaway that meets, I believe it's on either Tuesday or Thursday night, in the in the uh, Reed Arena there where they play basketball. So it's just thousands of kids going to that. And Louie has a thing once a year. In fact, we just had some of our college students that have returned from Atlanta, Georgia, where they have a thing called Passion. And there's a Passion Conference. And they met in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the Atlanta Falcons play football. And it's just packed out with college students worshiping God together and listening to the Word of God being taught. But Louis is the driver of all. He's the one who birthed all that, and he always speaks at these events. And so one of the things I've always liked about Louie, not only does he love God and he's good and so on like that, he is a smooth operator. He's everything I want to be. I try to be smooth, but I'm not. But Louis is just smooth and natural and laid back and good. And I just, I just like, I've always liked watching him. I think, man, that guy's got it together. And that's why I was surprised to learn a couple of years ago that Louis had been through a major battle with anxiety. Shocked me, because he just so laid back. Here's what happened. About 10 or 12 years ago, Louis, Louis Giglio and Andy Stanley are best friends and have been for most all their life. They grew up at First Baptist Atlanta. Charles Stanley's Andy's dad, but he's Louis's pastor. And so it's a special bond that originated at First Baptist Atlanta. And Louis was going to Andy's church, kind of quasi on staff there, and he used to speak a lot. And he went to Andy one day, and he said, Andy, I feel like God is leading me to start my own church here in Atlanta. And Andy said, well, if you're going to start your own church, you've got to get far enough away from my church so that all my members don't go join your church, because Louie's just that good. And Louie said, well, I won't get too close. And so he went kind of downtown near Atlanta, started a church called Passion Church, and I've never been to it, but I know it's a wonderful church. But Louis said, now everything I'm sharing today is public, so it's not like I'm betraying a confidence, but I saw Louis giving this in, doing, doing this on television one night. He said after he became a pastor, he began to experience stress that he had never experienced because he was going through things he had never gone through when he was just a speaker. Speaker, you go in, you bring the sermon. Everybody says, man, that's great. And then you go to the next town and you bring the sermon. Everybody says, that's great. You just keep preaching that sermon. It really gets good. And so, but you're not actually doing things in the church. And so, so, Louis said when he became a pastor, he figured out when he started making decisions, he might make a decision that this group liked. But now that group didn't like it. So I man, I've, 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 upset this, I've upset this half. So he said, well, I've got to do something. So now he doesn't make a decision for this group. Well, now that group doesn't like it. And he said for the first time in his life, he felt like he was making decisions that certain people didn't like. Well, it began to build up on him. And he began to have stress. And that stress turned into anxiety. And anxiety, as you know, can lead to depression. And so he's battling all this. And I was shocked when Louis said the anxiety got so bad that for four months, I was unable to leave my house. Couldn't drive, couldn't go to a restaurant, couldn't speak, couldn't preach, couldn't talk to people. I stayed in my house. I could not leave my... For four months, it shocked me. And the person interviewing Louis said, well, now, how in the world did you ever come through that anxiety? And he told a little story about one morning, he woke up, and he just was lying in his bed, and he started thinking about all those praise songs and all those worship songs that he grew up with, the old hymns and the new word, all the songs. And he just started praising God. And as he began to praise God like a cloud, he said that anxiety just began. not Maybe not immediately, but it just began to kind of lift off of him. Well, somewhere in this process of time, he went to a counselor slash doctor. I'm not sure exactly the type of doctor he went to, but some kind of counselor. I believe it was, he said, it was a lady doctor. And and they were just talking, and she was really helping him process what had led to the anxiety, backing it back to the stress and trying to please people and too many responsibilities and so on. Well, in the process of that interview, the counselor said to Louie, Louie, your nerves... And your nervous system and your emotions are like the strings on a tennis racket. And once those strings get stretched, they'll never be quite as tight as they were before. And so you just need to know that going forward... You're going to be more prone to struggling with anxiety than you were before this happened, because your emotional strings, your, your nerves, literally, have been stretched. And while I think there's a lot of common sense in what that counselor said to Louis, if I were one of Louis's friends which I'm not, I don't know him but if I were one of Louis's friends, and he were at my house telling me that story I would have said to Louis, "Louie? I don't believe what that counselor said. Because while that counselor gave you some, quote, good common sense advice, what she said doesn't jive with Psalm 147.3 that says God heals the brokenhearted and God binds up their wounds. See, I believe that the God we serve is able not only to save us, but when our strings get stretched, I believe that God is able not only to tighten them up almost as good as they were, I believe He's able not only to tighten them up as they were before, I believe that God is able to tighten them up tighter than they were so that when God gets finished with our nerves and our emotions, we'll be even stronger and more stable than we were before we had the problem. And that's what I believe, and that's what I would have told Louis. Because I believe if you just took what that doctor said to him and you just accepted that as fact, you would live your whole life with loose emotions. You would live your whole life damaged. And what did I say at the beginning of the message? A whole person is somebody who's undamaged, even though damage may have taken place in the past. And so you may have had somebody in your life, maybe not a doctor, maybe a spouse or a friend or somebody who has said something like that to you, well, this is just kind of something you're going to have to battle for the rest of your life. I'm telling you, we serve a God who is able to deliver us from things that we battle with. I had a man in my office yesterday on a Saturday who said to me, John, most all my adult life, I I was an alcoholic. And he said, eight years ago, God set me free from that demon, and I have not had a a drink of alcohol, and I've not desired a drink of alcohol in the last eight years. And I said, that's God. Psalm 34, verse 4, David said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears, all of them. What was David saying? David said, you know, there was a time in my life when I was not whole. I was damaged. I was a timid, fearful person, but I took it to Jesus. I took it to God. And what did God do? He delivered me, not from most of, but from all my fears. And now I'm able to live my life with no fear. Now quickly to end. Genesis chapter 41, I just recounted the story of Joseph and how his strings had been stretched down in Egypt with all that he had been through. But God brought it full circle. God brought a healing in his life. And in fact, uh, when he was down in Egypt, God brought a girl into his life. And he met that girl, and he fell in love with her, and he got married. It's a beautiful story. And then they were blessed to have two sons. And so now Joseph, as the father, had the responsibility, along with his wife, but had the responsibility of giving his son, his firstborn son, a name. So what's he going to name his firstborn son? Probably so far along in life, he would begin to wonder if he would ever even get married, much less have kids. Look at verse 51. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. You say, well, what's the significance of the name Manasseh? Well, here it tells us. For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. So Joseph, as he's thinking about that and talking to his wife about it, he said, you know, I'd like to name our firstborn son Manasseh. And she said, now, why do you want to go with that name? He says, well, I'll tell you why. That name in Hebrew means forgetful. And here's what's happened. All the stuff that's happened to me in Egypt, all the pain, the abandonment, the the, uh, people slandering my name, being falsely accused, all these things I've been through, all the pain that that caused me, God has made me to forget all about it. Now, let me ask you this. When Joseph said, God has made me forget all of that, does that mean that Joseph could no longer remember it? Well, obviously, that wouldn't be true because he's talking about it. So he could still remember what... He didn't have amnesia. He could still remember what had happened. Here's what he meant. Here's what he was saying. He was saying, you know what? I still have a mental memory of everything I've been through, but the pain of it is gone. I was damaged, but God has worked in my life, and now I am completely undamaged. And so what I want to do is name our firstborn son Manasseh because that means God has made me forget all the pain and all the things that I've been through. Now, what I'm saying to you today is this. If you live long enough, there will be times when those strings get stretched. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all these areas, they're going to get stretched. But if you today... I'm telling you, you may be this close to being delivered and made whole from whatever you wish would change about your life. If you will identify that one area or maybe two areas, however many in your life that need to be changed and then bring that part of your life to the feet of Jesus in prayer, give it to him, ask for deliverance, ask for healing... Trust Him to do that. And then as you say amen to that prayer, you get up and you move forward as though the healing has already begun. What you're going to find, either immediately or eventually, is that God is going to take those strings that have been stretched, and God is going to begin the process of tightening up those strings. And when God gets finished, your nerves, your mind your spiritual man, your finances, maybe even your body, if God chooses to do that on earth, your relationships, they're going to be tighter and better than they would have been had you not been through whatever it is that you went through because God heals the brokenhearted and God binds up all of our wounds. Amen. And so, Father, today I'm praying for a deliverance Right now in this room, I'm praying for an, for an emotional deliverance, a mental deliverance, a spiritual deliverance, a physical deliverance, a healing. We read in Matthew 9 how you heal these people, even raised a girl who had died. I'm praying even now for a miracle physically in somebody's body, a financial deliverance, or relational deliverance. God, we bring all of our loose strings to you today. And we ask you to tighten them up. And we ask you to make us whole so that we can go out into this world and look people in the eye and know in our hearts that even though we may have been damaged in the past, we are not damaged goods today. We're undamaged. We're whole. We're healed by the person and blood of Jesus Christ. Would you ask Him to do that in your life? Right now, ask Him. Tell Him you trust Him. And tell Him when you look up from this prayer, you're going to believe that the healing has already taken place, whether you feel it or not. You're going to walk by faith. Others here today, as was true in the first service. In the first service, we had a 30-year-old man come to the front, never been to this church in all of his life, and until last week, said he didn't even believe in God. Walked down the aisle of this church and said, I do believe in God now, and I want to get saved. And he just got saved about an hour and a half ago in this room. And right now, somebody needs to be saved. Would you pray this prayer, Lord Jesus? Come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me. And I trust you to do it. In your name I pray. And all the people said, amen, amen.
0: We hope that John's message, When Our Strings Get Stretched, has been a blessing to you today. You can find this message and many others on our website, www.peacebybelieving.org under the broadcast tab. If you would like to grow in your relationship with the Lord, we have some resources that we believe will help you. Simply look for the booklets tab on peacebybelieving.org. The booklets How to Have a Peaceful Heart and The Lord is My Shepherd are great companion studies to go along with John's message today. If you feel like you do not have any peace in your life, please look for the Find Peace tab on our website to find out how Jesus can give you the peace you are looking for. We invite you to connect with us on social media please like at Peace by Believing on Facebook or follow at PBB underscore broadcast on Twitter to stay up to date with the ministry of Peace by Believing and then share Peace by Believing with your friends. If you prayed along with John to ask Jesus into your heart today or if the ministry of Peace by Believing has been a blessing to you, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at info at peacebybelieving.org or give us a call at 1-800-337-0157. Thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to you joining us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.